Local stories are stories of God's grace at work in the lives of those who are a part of Local Church St. Pete. We want to highlight his activity and celebrate his grace. Enjoy this story. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey, Trevor. Everybody's got to say hey to Trevor today. Um, so I, my name is Joe Beverly. Uh, I am so grateful and honored to be able to stand in front of you today and share just a part of my story. Um, this church has been such a blessing to me and to my wife, Rachel, and we just love being here. <clears throat> so I grew up as an only child with divorced parents who both love me very much, fortunately. Uh, my mom took me to an Episcopalian church when I was younger, but I never really felt at home there. I just didn't get it. I also started to see a lot of hypocrisy in the people in that church and the Christian kids at my school, and I just didn't want any part of that. I, I saw this pattern over and over again where people would claim to be good Christians and then would call people horrible names, refuse to forgive even the tiniest thing, and would mostly be self-serving. This behavior ultimately led me and a few of my friends to become atheists because the God that these people were claiming to follow clearly hadn't changed them a whole lot. I wasn't always combative towards Christians, uh, but I would firmly say that there was no God. I would make fun of people for believing in Jesus. Um, I had done my research, which was really like barely anything at all. <laughs> uh, so my first positive experience with Christianity uh, came when I went to a youth group uh, that a girl I was dating at the time brought me to. This was back in high school. Um, and I, I just saw this solid group of high schoolers who definitely weren't perfect, as any high schooler would be, uh, but they were clearly trying their best to follow Jesus. Uh, I still couldn't wrap my head around God, though, so I, I just ultimately stopped going. I believe now, though, that this introduction to Jesus had a much larger impact on me than I realized at the time. After high school, I went to college and started dating a girl who attended a campus event called a Bible Talk. Uh, she tried for months to get me to go, many months, and I finally caved. Uh, the Bible Talk was hosted by a guy named Andrew who had tattoos, was lanky, really goofy, and was a very talented speaker. He was honestly the first person I had met that had a deep historical and practical knowledge of the Bible. This was really intriguing to my logical brain, so I ended up talking to him after, and he invited me to sit down with him one-on-one -on -one and talk through a few passages of scripture. I was reluctant and very nervous, uh, but ultimately agreed to it. So Andrew was a full-time student at the University of Georgia, go dogs. I had to do it, I'm sorry. Um, and he was also leading a campus ministry of around 50 people at the time. But with all of that, he still made time at least once a week, sometimes more, to sit down with me, read through a passage of the Bible, and talk about it from a spiritual and historical context. I had more questions each time we got together, uh, but each time he would respond with a logical explanation, backed up with historical evidence, or with a simple, I don't know, Let's unpack that, and maybe we can find out together. We did this for almost a year. It was about 10 months. This was back in 2011. Uh, one afternoon, while laying down to take a nap in my dorm room, 
my roommate's uh, Final Fantasy alarm clock started going off. Anybody play Final Fantasy in here? No? Okay, I got one guy. Good. Awesome. We can play together later. <laughs> uh, so, and I, this alarm clock went off, and I realized, like, oh, I, I'm supposed to be having a Bible study with Andrew right now. I've got to go do that. Um, and this alarm clock had been broken for months, like, had not worked, didn't, didn't turn on. Uh, it was very cheaply made. Um, and it, it just went off one day. And so I, I brought this up to Andrew, and I told him this story, and jokingly was asking him, like, is this some sort of sign? And uh, I was expecting him to just laugh it off. Uh, but instead, he pointed me to Ephesians 5.14, which says, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I just froze. <laughs> I was in complete shock, had like goosebumps and everything. Um, this whole time I had been probing with skepticism uh, and in order to find a flaw in the argument or like a foil in the plot of what Jesus was trying to tell us. Uh, but God was very actively pursuing me here, and I needed to wake up to hear what he was saying. I started reading the Bible regularly after this point, and I watched various YouTube videos of different arguments that were actually for the Bible. And I, I learned that the Bible has more manuscripts, historical references, and collected data than any other book in history by a long shot. I also read uh, Lee Strobel's The Case for Christ, which further backed up many of, my, many of these arguments. And through Andrew's discipleship and my own research, I, I could no longer deny that God was real. In the midst of all this research, though, I was still continuing in my lifestyle of sexual immorality, my obsession with music and with my career, and just a very selfish attitude. I started feeling a tug on my heart that the way that I was living was wrong, uh, but I wasn't really sure why. I was convicted, but instead of accepting God's grace, I denied it and went the other way by trying to be perfect and attempting to read the whole Bible before committing my life to Jesus. I did not su succeed in that, by the way. Um, I believed that these actions would prepare me and set me up for success as a Christian, and then I would really know what I was getting into. But ultimately, I was missing the mark because God had done the work for me already in sending Jesus to the cross to die for my sins, and there was nothing I could do to earn that back, nor could I ever achieve perfection. Romans 3.10 says, There is no one righteous, not even one. And 1 John 1.8 says, If we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. It was during that time that I decided to become more involved in the campus ministry. I started attending every meeting, attending every group event that they scheduled. I started making a lot of friendships, and I noticed that most of these people had this deep-seated joy and a peace. Uh, most of my Christian friends had this deep-seated joy and peace. And I saw an attitude of servanthood in the leadership in the campus ministry that I hadn't really seen before. And I just saw all these Christians from all different walks of life and backgrounds, grade point averages, uh, coming together as a family in Christ. Through this community, God's grace was revealed to me, and I ultimately made the decision to follow Jesus. Jesus has changed my life. I went from actively fighting against God to seeking him out each day. My relationship with him 
since then especially, has not been perfect at all. And I still go through periods of doubt, and I struggle with sin. But God's grace and love are unending and unconditional. And I think this is best summarized in Romans 5, 6 through 11, which says, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Thank you so much, everybody. I love you all. Joe, thank you for uh, sharing that story with us. Um, I'll pray for you. Uh, Father, uh, so grateful to have uh, Joe in our church family here. Uh, He's been um, a giant blessing to us. Uh, We're grateful uh, for uh, him assisting and helping lead in worship in our worship of you. Lord, we're grateful for this story, just another example of your grace in the life of a believer, originally a non-believer. Lord, we see in this story that you pursue us uh, relentlessly that you don't just ignore us and let us go, God, but when you want one of us, when you're calling one of us, you continue to call, Lord. You drive us to respond to you. So we thank you for that in Joe's life, and we beg for that um, from others in our lives in this church. Lord, thank you so much again for Joe. We pray that this uh, grace and peace would be on our church family and that you would continue to draw people into your family. In Jesus' name, amen.